Should we wait then until that's done? We should absolutely wait. Okay. <laughs> I forgot you had. I forgot that the Hornets were more important than the Panthers. It's fine. There's 17 are. seconds left. You can wait. Yeah, but 17 seconds. 17 seconds like an NBA like game. No, no, it's a tie like game. They're gonna hold it for the last shot. Mm-hmm. This is Carolina sports we're talking about, John. Devontae Graham's who you want with this. Nope, and he turned it over. Hello, welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. Jesus, shut up. Um, this is your Panthers edition of the Keep Sounding Podcast as the Panthers look to face the Green Bay Packers at 425 on Sunday. This is Brian joined by Brad and John. Brad, how do, what do you think of that, that, uh, that flex it. time? God, yeah. I hate it so much. It just like t- it takes over your entire day. I get that. It it ruins your entire day. Like I I mean, I get it. Like the NFL wants the Packers to be in prime time, the game of the week or whatever. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman want to watch the Packers. Like I understand that. And I know the game that was originally scheduled for the time slot was a game that nobody wants to watch. It was like Rams Browns or something like that. Um, but I just, I absolutely hate four o'clock games. Uh, the only thing worse than four o'clock games are eight o'clock games. I just, I just one o'clock PM, get it done, get it over with and, and move on. Uh, and I know I've said this before, hashtag old man complaining. Uh, the perfect time to start is 930 AM. Yeah, you're wrong about that. No, because the game is over when the 12, 30, 1 o'clock time window when all the other games are getting ready to start. So if you want to watch more football, you can. You can watch three games during with that um, start time versus two. But I like to sleep in, Brad. Well, that's fine. I don't. I don't like to wait around till 4 o'clock with nothing to do. I don't disagree with the four o'clock thing. Because I don't watch – if it's not a Panthers game, I don't watch it. I don't watch the NFL anymore. I, I've i lost complete interest in anything that does not involve the, the Carolina Panthers. So I'm going to have nothing to do until four o'clock, and it makes me upset. I'm sorry it upsets you so much. John, I, know, what, I can I can tell. <laughs> John, what do you think of the uh, four o'clock start time? Uh – I'm fine with it. Of course you are. <laughs> well, I like watching Red Zone, and it, Red Zone is a lot more fun in the early window because there are more games. So when the Horn, or when the Panthers play late, uh, I get one o'clock Red Zone, and I always like red one o'clock Red Zone. Yeah, especially if you play fantasy football, it's, it's which fun. which I do a lot of. You do do that, yes, I know, I'm aware. I'm, be, I'm about to beat you this week. Yeah, we'll people, see about I know that. People I'm... are wondering. I'm on Ryan, you got lucky this week, last week, because you caught me when like half my team was on a bye. <laughs> I'm on a three-game win streak, buddy, and I'm scoring at least <laughs> top two in the last three weeks. So, all of my high scoring. I'm on like a seven-game win streak. Yeah, I'm aware, John. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna end. We that. can't talk trash about your win streak when you're going up against someone with a bigger win streak. That's okay. I got you. I'm gonna beat that ass. It's fine. Um. So. We were going to do this podcast about the Titans game and then talk about the Packers game. But then today the Panthers dropped a little bit of a bombshell on us in that yesterday, yesterday, for those of you listening at the time, what, as of recording today, the Panthers put Cam Newton on IR and his season is 99% done. 
aside from like being activated in the postseason. Even then, I'm not sure if they could justify activating him if they make it to the postseason with Kyle Allen being the quarterback. So, yeah, that was fun. It's been a fun day on Twitter with that. As soon as he got put on IR, everybody was talking about trading him next year and all that jazz. So, super fun stuff. Um, Brad, just uh, give me your general thoughts on Cam Newton being put on IR. It's the right move. Agreed. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, he's not healthy. He he never should have played at all uh, after the preseason injury. Um, you know, there there have been reports and speculation that he couldn't even run. And if you've ever paid any attention to Cam Newton or the Panthers, you know that if he can't run, he that's like 50% of his game. And if you're a head coach and you see your quarterback that has a foot injury, you would think that one of the questions you would ask your quarterback is, hey, why don't you run for me and let me see what it looks like? And Ron Rivera didn't do that. And they put him out there and within two weeks he was re-injured and he hasn't been able to come back since. That was in week two. It is now week, what, 10? So, you know, I blame the coaching staff for this. Um, They never should have put him out there to start with. They should have just put him on injured reserve in week one. And we could possibly be talking about him coming back to face the Packers instead of being done for the year. I appreciate the Panthers just not letting the story die. Like, I think – after he went to the foot specialist, everybody's like, and it was like, oh, he's still a few weeks away. Everybody's like, oh, okay, so at least we're good with that. We'll, we'll just watch the Kyle Allen show continue. And then the Panthers are like, no, 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 no. This is still news. Injured reserve now. Yeah. But yes, and I agree with everything you said about the the horribly mismanaged injury front, which I think we've talked about a good bit, that he apparently couldn't run. And apparently that wasn't part of the protocol for clearing him to play, which is a problem. Yeah, Walker has been really up on this, and I believe he's sharing an article that you'll be able to read today as of listening um, about his thoughts. I like how you qualify as of listening as if there's any other time where people would be listening. Yeah, You you could decide to release it at midnight, man. If you're listening Um, to this while listening to this and not listening to this before you'd be listening to this, then it's today. There's a good chance that if you're listening to this, Walker's story has already been published. So just look on catscratchreader.com. Which you probably were already on since you found this podcast. You probably were already on, unless you subscribe to us with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or uh, Stitcher, I believe we're on Stitcher. I'm not sure. And yeah, so, you know, maybe you haven't been on Cat Scratch Reader. Maybe you get a little ding on your phone that, hey, you've got a new podcast. Um, if you are not on Cat Scratch Reader, what is wrong with you? Um, go to Cat Scratch Reader and read our work. Yes, that. Please. Um, please. Um, so, I and think. And also follow that- us on Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff, too. <laughs> Yes, obviously. Cat Scratch Reader spelled without the last E. Cat Scratch Reader spelled R-E-A-D-R at Cat Scratch Reader. That way. And that's Twitter's fault, not mine. Yeah, I know. Um, But they don't, Brian. (laughs) I know. Um, So Walker brought this up to us before, but so I kind of have like a little bit of a theory about Cam and Ron, like, So Cam and Ron have been together since Cam got in the league back in 2011. So it wouldn't surprise me if they have like that mutual respectful agreement where Ron goes to him and goes, Hey, are you good? Like legitimately, are you good? And if Cam said yes, Ron believed him, which is dumb because apparently Cam had a very noticeable limp going into week two. So in my mind, it's like, okay, you're good. Run like a 40-yard dash for me real quick. And clearly that didn't happen. So here we are after Cam re-aggravated his injury in week two, which was not all the way healed up. 
I get that Cam Newton is a very competitive athlete who wants to play football games. He wants to win. And I'm sure it's really frustrating for him after the second half of 2018 where he didn't win a single game and he couldn't play up to the standard he expected of himself. And now he's actually taking the time to get to be healthy in the way that he, that he slash the coaching staff didn't allow him to do last season. So there are pros and cons to both things, but yeah, I agree that this could have been avoided by the coaching staff being a little more scrutinizing him just a little bit more, which I don't think anybody would have blamed them for. I don't know what John thinks of that. Uh, you're going to have to move on because I was busy. Brad, what do you think of that? What I just <laughs> said, if you were listening. I, I was listening. I think you're spot on. I mean, I, I mean, on one hand, I, I don't, I mean, Cam's a nine-year veteran and, you know, but on the other hand, you have to have the common sense to say, hey, Cam, can you run? Can you move? Can you plant your foot? Can you evade, you know, move sideways? Can You know, those are things you have to be able to do no matter what kind of quarterback you are. Even, Even a statue pocket passer quarterback like Tom Brady or somebody has to be able to do those things. And, I mean, I just – I don't know. I'm just – I'm tired and frustrated of being tired and frustrated. Um, You know, and another reason that this bothers me so much is if we would have just started Kyle Allen in week one and week two, we would probably be seven and one right now instead of five and three. (laughs) And I, it just, you know, we're costing the team wins. I think anybody, any, competitor any any athlete that has like a modicum of competitive spirit is going to tell anybody that asks them that they're going they're fine and they don't need to sit down yeah and, and I, so, I don't doubt that i mean that's like yeah, yeah. no no quarterback is going to say take me out philip rivers played a game on a torn acl yeah like this 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 is how that's how how athletes are wired they're not going to be like eh, it's a little, it's a little tender. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the, take the week off. My team doesn't need me. Especially when you're Cam, and you're used to carrying the team, kicking, yeah. and screaming for the playoffs when you can win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's, it's on. Like just to, just to throw one last thing out there before we move on. It's, it's on the coaching staff to make sure that your franchise quarterback is actually okay. Like. It is not his 100% responsibility to decide whether or not he's active or not on Sunday. Ultimately, the coaching staff needs to be the ones to decide whether or not he plays. And they didn't do that, and it cost him. So, it sucks. Hopefully, we'll get to see Cam Newton play again in Carolina Panthers uniform. Um, I don't really want to get into whether or not they're going to trade him or cut him or anything like that right now. It's a little early for that. There's a lot of off-season to go into. Let me but have my time. You want your time? Go ahead. Tell me. Tell me everything that you feel. Let it all out. <laughs> I really will not be surprised if we've seen the last of Cam Newton in Carolina. Oh, no. Me either. Now, we talked about this earlier uh, yesterday on Slack, and I'm not saying that they should do this. I'm not saying I would do this if I were in charge. I'm not saying this is smart. I'm not saying this is what needs to be done. I'm just saying this is probably what they're going to do. Cam Newton is 30 years old. He will have been on injured reserve. He will have missed the last 16 games, um, total of 16 games. Out of the last 18, uh, there's a possibility that he will eventually have to have surgery on his foot. Uh, I know he got a second opinion, said he didn't, um, but it's been seven weeks and it's not getting better. So there's a chance he's really going to need surgery. Um, They've only got him for one more year. 
His cap hit is $21.2 million. Yes, that is very cheap compared to other quarterbacks in the league. That's not the point. If they cut him, the cap hit goes down to $2 million. 21.2 minus 2 is 19.1. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of cap space. You can take $19.1 million and you can add talent around a guy like Kyle Allen. You can also get someone in free agency. There are going to be a lot of quarterbacks who move around in the offseason. You don't have to start Kyle Allen in 2020 uh, just because you get rid of Cam. So I don't think they're going to bring him back. Now, should they? Yes. Um, If he's healthy. If If he recovers from this foot injury, there's absolutely no question that the smart move would be to keep him in 2020 and let him play it out. And if he's if he's back to being Cam, then you can talk about a contract extension. And if he's not, then you part ways and you thank him for what he's done. Uh, but I don't think they're going to do that. I think if they're going to go with either Kyle Allen or Will Greer or Taylor Heineke or whoever, uh, <clears throat> Colin Kaepernick, <clears throat> they will um, they will just get rid you know part ways with Cam in the off season. Designate him as a post-June 1st cut so they can save all that money. You have a dead cap of $2 million and use that $19.1 million to give people like James Bradbury, Shaq Thompson, Christian McCaffrey uh, contract extensions um, to keep them on the roster. I think what David Tepper will be do. the biggest mistake they have ever made. I will flat out say that. <laughs> we'll be quarterback hell. I was going to say, if David Tepper, but at the end of the season, needs to go to like Marty Herney, Ron Rivera, and everybody and say, what do you think we should do with Cam? And if they say anything but, we got one more year to see what to see if he still got it. If they say anything about like we're going to evaluate or we're going to we're going to look into cutting him or anything, they should just be fired on the spot. Because what's lost in the whole, like, oh, you get to save $19 million in cap space is, one, cap space doesn't win football games. I know it's games but like the cast space in and of itself doesn't do anything for you and two uh you need to use a big chunk of that 19 million dollars in cast space to get a new a good quarterback why not just use like keep the quarterback that you already have on that with that cast space especially because 19 million dollar 20 million dollars he's going to be somewhere between the 15th and 20th highest paid quarterback in the nfl next year yeah. i think the panthers should be able to stomach that if they can't then marty herney's got other issues yeah, the only yeah. Re- the only reason I can justify letting go of Cam Newton and going forward would be that you believe Kyle Allen is the guy that will lead you to the promised land. And honestly, if Morty Herney thinks that, then he should be fired. Right. I think he's uh, I think he his ceiling right now for the Panthers is a high level backup. The nice thing is that they have locked in on that undrafted free agent, restricted free agent deal where he has no choice but to accept the league minimum next year and the following year to come back. He either takes it or he sits on the bench for another year and comes back the following year. So that's the only way I can justify in my mind that they let go of Cam Newton short of maybe getting the first or second overall pick and going for your next quarterback, which even still isn't smart considering you kind of know that Cam Newton's actually good where in the first and second pick you're still rolling dice so yeah see that's the thing well it's it's a multifaceted problem because like like john said cam is not going to be the highest paid quarterback he's not even in the top half of the league right now but the problem with that is he's only got one year left are you willing to give cam newton who will be 31 and possibly um his best years are behind him are you willing to give him $35 million a year? Um, you know, because if you give, if you keep that $20 million and give and let Cam Newton keep it, we're probably going to lose Shaq Thompson. We're probably going to lose James Bradbury. You know, the entire team gets weaker. And I think that that would be why that Marty Herney and Ron Rivera and David Tepper would be okay with letting Cam go because they're not going to be able to give him a six-year, 
$200 million contract extension like most teams are doing to quarterbacks now because you can't know, you don't know if he'll stay healthy and they're not just going to throw that kind of money away. Um, the downside is, is that the Panthers are too good to pick in the top five. And with this quarterback class in 2020, if you're not picking in the top five, you might as well not draft anyone. Um, there aren't very many quarterbacks worth taking in the first round. There aren't going to be any that fall down into the teens where the Panthers would pick. If Even if Kyle Allen doesn't win another game, the Panthers aren't going to pick any higher than about eighth at, the, at best. Um, and I don't think that we're going to go O for the rest of the season because we do play the Falcons twice and we play Washington. Those are three games that we could and should win that would get us to eight. So we're looking at an eight and eight possibility. So, you know, would we draft a quarterback at 16th overall? I don't think so. And then what do you do? Do you just tank 2020 and do like the Dolphins are doing now and just accumulate assets and go for 2021 and try to get um, Trevor Lawrence? Like, but then you don't even know if you can draft him. For all he knows, he doesn't want to play for Carolina. He goes back to school for his senior year like Andrew Luck did. And then you've wasted two years. And, and see, you have- the, 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 and the whole thing is is if you go that route, like the tank, because we don't have a quarterback thing, then the idea of saving cap space, is, that just defeats the purpose of saving cap space. Because then you're not going to bother retaining all those players if you're just going to bottom out. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing, too, is that the one thing that, people look at the Panthers like they, they they're looking almost at the Panthers quarterback situation in a vacuum. Like this team is not designed right now to be tanking. This team is designed to be competitive. Um, Mario Addison, Shaq Thompson, James Bradbury, those guys are, Oh, even Gerald McCoy. Um, those all are going to be guys who are looking at new contracts next season. So they could potentially go into into tank mode, but they've spent so much draft capital on the offense, like DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. Um, they dra- they went and drafted Greg Little in the second round. They traded up for him. Um, they still have Taylor Moten. Like right now, this team has a lot of, and they just drafted Brian Burns as well. Like to throw away two seasons of time when you have all these young guys on rookie contracts is fucking dumb in my opinion like i get that cam newton may never be healthy again but i feel like you want to bet on him and your backup plan has to be at least kyle allen at this point to try and be competitive because they will be throwing away years of work to try and make this offense competitive and this defense good to just go the dolphins route and try and start from the ground up I just don't think there's any, like, like all these scenarios are running through. Like, they all kind of, like, they all kind of defeat purpose. Like, if you cut Cam Newton, now you have a quarterback problem. And if you have a quarterback problem, the the usual route is your team is bad. And if you're bad, there's no reason to have cap space, which is the only reason we would cut Cam Newton. Like, it's all circular. So, there's to me, there's no, like, good to be made for getting rid of a quarterback on it. What's essentially a team friendly deal at this point. Well, the only thing I can think, you know, and I know you say it's circular and it is, but the only thing I can think of is if you know, you're not going to give him an extension. Like if you know that 2020 would be his last year, no matter what, even if he see that, even if he has a thing though, to me, even, even if he has an MVP caliber season and wins the Super Bowl, you know, that this is it. You're not keeping him no matter what. Um, Then you cut him and you use that money to give guys like Shaq Thompson contract extensions. So you, you can still have a Kyle Allen type guy be moderately successful. Um, And I don't think they should do this. Like I said, but I, I just, I think it's possible. It's certainly possible. It's dumb, but I don't think any team, any real NFL team should ever say uh, we're not going to have enough money to afford our quarterback. Like if if you get to that point, 
you are doing a horrible, you're doing a really bad job. Yeah, I mean, the last team who really did that was the Redskins, uh, excuse me, Washington. And uh, <laughs> they did that yeah, with but, Kirk Cousins, and it didn't really work out for them. So. And Kirk Cousins isn't even good. Worked no. out for Kirk Cousins, though. He's convinced. <laughs> How many teams to give him multi-millions of dollars? Yeah, he's he's got a career making like $15 million a season for teams that are like, ah, I mean, I guess we can sign Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to dwell on this topic too much because it's kind of early and we don't even know what's going to happen with Cam this season, let alone well, next He just season. lost the job to Kyle Allen. That's what happened. The reason he got put on injured reserves because he's scared. Yep, that's true. I don't even think he's hurt. <laughs> um, speaking of Kyle Allen, let's, uh, let's break down this Titans game real quick. Um, so I personally felt that Kyle Allen's best game as a pro came on Sunday. I felt he made a decent amount of pretty good NFL throws. They weren't all perfect, but they were better than what we've seen over the last few weeks. Um, they ended up winning, obviously. It was a 30-20 effort where Christian McCaffrey scored three touchdowns and had 160-something yards total. Um the Panthers seemed to return to form somewhat. Their defense came out and sacked the sacked the quarterback a bit. Um, offensively, they got back going again after a really bad offensive effort by the 49ers or against the 49ers. Um, so looking forward after the Titans game, they still are going to be riding Chris McCaffrey quite a lot. But let's talk about McCaffrey a little bit. After Sunday, John, I know you just wrote an article about Christian McCaffrey's statistical success. Tuesday uh, stat your, reviews. Yeah. yeah. Give me your, give me some, uh, give us some of your, your thoughts on Christian McCaffrey. Um, I think he's pretty good. Um, I think so too. <laughs> if you didn't read it, he's on pace for about 2,500 total yards, which is very close to an NFL record. He's on pace for 26 total touchdowns, which isn't exactly threatening a record, but it's still really, really good. It's, it's threatening it's more than people score now. Like nobody's scored that many touchdowns since Tomlinson and those guys were touching the ball like 450 times a season in the early two thousands. So 26 touchdowns in this NFL is insane. And so is 2,500 total yards. So is the amount of touches we're giving him, but that's another conversation for another day because we've already bashed the coaching staff for mishandling injuries once. Um, so yeah, in all Christian McCaffrey is very good. Also, I think there's been 12 50-yard touchdowns this season, and McCaffrey has three of them. No one else has more than one. <laughs> yeah, he's 50-yard uh, touchdown runs. He's pretty good. Um, in fact, it's it's kind of a remnisian of the 2013 and 2012 season. What was, what was that word? Remnisian? Remnisian? Rem, rem, yeah. Remniscent? Yes. That's the right one. Um, <laughs> remniscent of the 2013 and 2015 seasons by Carolina, where... Ron Rivera is riding a MVP caliber player into the ground. Brad, give me your thoughts on that. I know that you have some some takes as far as that goes. So I should stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> just just that just stop doing it. I mean, I, I feel surprised. like I can't. I was surprised that they took him out after he went under the tent to get looked at and they didn't put him back in for the rest of the game. Like I was legitimately surprised. I feel like that was the, the booth being like, Hey, go get him looked at. And that was when Ron was like, Oh, okay, we'll take him out and we'll, we'll let somebody else run the ball instead of, you know, running him into the defensive line seven more times to end the game. Like the thing that the thing I don't understand, it's not just like take him out at the end of the game. It's you know, in the third quarter, give Reggie Bonifan or Jordan Scarlett a series. Yeah, you're probably gonna go three and out, but they're gonna do that anyway, even with CMC. So why not just let you know let Bonifan get those two carries on first and second down for four yards and then instead of Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, early in the first quarter, like on the second or third possession, let 
let Jordan Scarlett run the ball a couple of times, you know, take Christian McCaffrey out on second down, um, you know, put him out wide and bring in another running back and use Christian McCaffrey as a decoy. You know, you don't have to take him out to limit his, his snaps and his touches. Just, you know, let some of the other running backs run. Let Alex Armagh carry the ball. Um, it's just you're gonna you're gonna ruin the one good thing we have, Ron. I it makes no sense. I like, I know you want to have your best players play, and I know you want your best players to have the ball as much as possible. But there also needs to be some sort of like long term thought put into it. Yeah, like, we don't Chris, yeah, we don't literally mean give him the ball every single time, like. You have to you have to plan for him to be here three years from now. Yeah, like is is our offense going to totally go in the tank if Christian McCaffrey touches the ball like twenty four times instead of thirty one times? Like, is that seven extra touches a game for him going to make make or break the offense? Could well, it could <laughs> if it were, if that one touch was the fifty eight yard touchdown. <laughs> yes, I get it. But like we've also seen two I think it's two games in a row no, two games in like three or four where he's been dinged up at the end of game. Like he was cramping up at the end of the Jag the Jaguars game and then he was hurt at the end of the Titans game. And I know the Titans game was more of how he fell, but I, I do think it's worth noting that at the you know, when you give the ball a player the ball thirty five times, you are opening the door for him to get hurt, especially as he gets fatigued which he's going to get fatigued no matter how good a shape he's in as, as these games wind down. Yeah, it's going to build up. And uh, I mean, one other thing we we haven't talked about yet, and I'm surprised considering who our host is, but um, put Colin Jones back there at running back. <laughs> <laughs> 3,000 scrimmage yards in high school, baby. I mean, yeah, he had 3,000 yards from scrimmage in high school, and I absolutely love the fact that he made it a point to point that out. Yeah. And he also said he had Good. to get the first down, so he had a higher yards per carry than Derrick Henry. I thought that was funny, too. <laughs> I think McCaffrey. Well, he's just like, I got to be the best running back on the team. He's just like, no, nah, I just got to be better than the guy on the other team. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but the Panthers social media team knocked another one out of the park. Oh, it was um, so good. It was so good. You know, they have the – the analyst talking about how he's unstoppable running the ball. He's an MVP candidate, just giving the rock. And then the camera slowly pans over and you see a white arm and you're like, okay, yeah, this is cool. It's Chris McCaffrey. And then it continues to slide over and it's Colin Jones. That is the <laughs> funniest thing they have done in a long time. It was one of the most self-aware tweets by the Panthers. Social yes. Media team because We've been we've been listening to people wanting to cut Colin Jones for the last like six years, so that was amazing to see that because Colin Jones is like one of the he just his roster spot really doesn't matter that much. Like he's the fit the fourth the fourth safety on the team. He pretty much only plays special teams, and everybody has always been like, well, we need to look at this guy who's an undrafted free agent with potential, and he always beats them every time. So the Panthers' social media team kind of acknowledging him in like that tongue-in-cheek way was fucking amazing to me. I laughed so hard at it. I got to look that up. I've, I actually haven't seen that yet. Oh, well, I hate that I spoiled it. because it No, 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 no. It's fine. It'll still be funny. <laughs> it oh. is so great. So briefly to touch on the Panthers' defense from Sunday, um, they had four sacks, which they now lead the league in sacks. Um, Trey Boston and Dante Jackson both ended up with interceptions. Uh, Shaq Thompson and Eric Reed both led the team in tackles with a total of 11 tackles, and Reed had a forced fumble. So defense seems to have returned to form. Um, this is going to be a big deal going forward because Kyle Allen is the quarterback for the foreseeable future. So your boy, Kyle Allen. So, you know, it. as far as the defense goes, it seems like against teams that don't commit to the run, like the 49ers, which 
you could argue that the Titans are committed to the run, but they have more of a they have Derrick Henry, who is just a power back, and the Panthers have always done well against power backs. Um, seems like the formula going forward is get after the quarterback, give Christian McCaffrey the ball. Panthers will win the game or come close. So that said, looking at looking forward at the Packers game, the uh, not quite primetime game, this could be a less good game. <laughs> um, Aaron Rodgers has been playing pretty much out of his mind, aside from this week against the Chargers, where he didn't play super well. He only had um, 161 yards passing and one touchdown. So looking at the Panthers' defense versus the Packers' offense, John, I know you usually handle the defensive breakdowns. Give me your thoughts. Probably not going to be good. Yeah, just straight up. No, the the Panthers' defense – um is very good especially against the pass they are very they also have been very reliant on turnovers and sacks um Aaron Rodgers can get sacked though he is tough to get to sack he does not turn the ball over so like the and then that also kind of ties into the offense too the offense has been living off of points off turnovers and short fields um they're not as likely to get those on Sunday is he always seems to just not turn the ball over. You there? Brian? Okay, well... All right, well, what are your thoughts on that, Brad? I agree with what you said. Um... Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers does not turn the ball over. He can be sacked. He can run into tackles or whatever, but he's not going to throw a bunch of interceptions. Uh, That's just not what he does. And another thing that the defense is going to have to make sure that they do is be disciplined and if they're going to substitute, get off the field as quickly as possible because Aaron Rodgers is the freaking Jedi master at catching you with 12 men on the field. Yeah, from uh, since he has that reputation, the 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 referees definitely let him get away with running free plays more than anybody else. Yeah, like, there I, are times where defensive linemen are like halfway to him in the backfield, and they just kind of stop because like ah, I'm offside, and the refs are like, oh no no no, free play, free play. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, he's so good at this, and then like so he goes. Hello. Hey Brian, can you hear me? Oh, now? you're back. We should have yeah. like we couldn't hear, and that would have been funny. That was super weird. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I don't know if I interrupted anybody. No. Uh, I was just saying that. Um, yeah, like Rogers is a player who can be falling backwards and throw a perfect dime to a receiver in the corner of the end zone. So yeah, he's absolutely less prone to mistakes because he can just make those throws that like one or two other quarterbacks can make. Um, on top of that, they've seemed to see a resurgence from the running game and they're last week, they're one running back. Um, what is it? Jamal Aaron Williams. Jones, I think. Oh, yeah, Aaron Jones Aaron, yeah. Jones Aaron had, Jones, I, I have Jamal Williams in fantasy. So anything good that's happening is Aaron, Aaron Jones. Yeah. Well, Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones is just ha- significantly better than Jamal Williams. I don't know yeah. why Mike McCarthy was so dead set on playing Williams as like the bell cow. And then Jones is like the change of pace guy because J- Jones has always been so much better. NFL coaches are like, if that. you weigh more than 220 pounds, you're the lead back. And if you weigh less than 220 pounds, you're the change of pace. Even if the lead back averages like 2.8 yards per carry and the change of pace back averages like six. Like the Chargers are doing that right now with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Yeah, I've never understood that either. It's like you do realize that you can do it in reverse. Mm-hmm. Like you can have the change of pace guy wear the defense out from chasing him and then bring in the big guy to run him over because their legs are tired. Yeah, like, like Austin Eckler was averaging, not to get too ways. far off topic, but he was averaging like, and it's, it's gone down now, but he was averaging like five yards per carry and then Melvin Gordon came back and they're like, all right, you're the starter. And he's been averaging three yards per carry and he's still been like dominating their uh, carries out of the backfield. 
I think that's partially a please don't leave us. We'll give you all the carries type thing, which is dumb because Eckler, as I, you know, as he illustrated without Gordon is fine. Yeah. Which I, I know you listen to this. I love the fact that the chargers were profiting off of their running back position for the first several months of the season. Yeah. Cause Melvin Gordon's fines were bigger than Austin Eckler's salary. <laughs> that's pretty, it's really funny. Anyway, Panthers. Yeah. Yeah, Panthers. Um, so they could be in for a rough day on offense, or excuse me, on defense, but they could also be for in for a rough day on offense too because this Packers defense seems to be a bit underrated. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but they have quite a bit of defensive talent, and uh, they might even have the personnel to really like throw out what the Buccaneers were doing on defense minus the whole like having shitty defensive backs part of it. So what, what, what do you think of that, John? Uh, I mean, they did not play well against the chargers. I don't think, I think their defense is though. Defense. Their defense wasn't good either. They were just bad against the chargers. Just all around bad. The score didn't get out of hand because the Chargers kicked so many field goals. But, I mean, like, Phillip Rivers averaged 10 and a half yards per pass attempt. And only through seven incompletions. Like, they were moving. can't score touchdowns because Chargers and Chargers doing Chargers things. Yeah. I think they are very talented, but I don't think it's come together the way it was supposed to at the beginning of the season. Especially because they played really well early on. And they've kind of fallen off after that. Like they've been really bad against running backs the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean Melvin Gordon had four yards per carry on in two touchdowns on twenty carries. So four yards per carry for Melvin Gordon is like eight yards a carry for Kishan McCaffrey. And Austin Eckler had uh, five point eight yards per carry and seventy yards rushing on twelve attempts too. So they ran all over him. So that's certainly a recipe for success for Carolina. Cause we know Christian McCaffrey is going to touch the ball. I mean, it's a, it's a foregone conclusion at this point. That's the recipe for the Panthers offense, regardless of whether or not it works. So that's true. I did. I did particularly enjoy the uh, play act. This, this is a little bit of a one-off, but I did enjoy the fact that they ran a play action to Christian McCaffrey and it was still wide open for him to throw the ball to him. <laughs> yes. At the goal line where there's yeah. no reason to cover anybody else. Yeah. They were like, oh, well, he faked it off to Kurt McCaffrey. He'd never throw it to him, and there was nobody even close on defense. It's like, oh, okay, we'll just turn this into like a like a short pitch, basically. That's fine. Works yeah. out well. Inter- interesting play call by the Titans defense. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna throw them a loop for a loop here. We're just not gonna cover their best player that they're clearly trying to give the ball to. <laughs> yeah. Um so, uh, scoring predictions. Uh, Brad, I'll start with you. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday? I think it's going to be a lot of pain and suffering. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe that Green Bay will probably win. Uh, I think they're better than the Panthers. And That's a hot take. Yeah, hot. Smoking hot take. And the thing is, is they played like crap against the, the Chargers and they're going to be angry. And the, the best recipe for success to get a team off of a slide is to play the Panthers. Um, so I think that Green Bay is going to win 31 to 17. Interesting. John, what do you think? Uh, I'm actually going to not pick the Panthers this week. Really? Yeah. The Packers. But you always pick the Panthers. I do always pick the Packers, but the Packers are seven and two, even though they've played like one of the tougher schedules in the league. So I'm gonna say Packers thirty-five, Panthers twenty-one. I'm gonna go against the grain this week, which means oh, you're gonna pick the Panthers now. Definitely Mr. gonna lose. Yeah, Mr. Contrarian over here. Um, so my reasoning behind it is that. I don't think Devontae Adams is going to be back this week. He so, played last week. He played last week. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Way to research. I could have swore he was going to be out for like several weeks, but maybe he it's was. Me. He but was he out for several weeks, week. yeah. and that ended last this past week. Oh, well, that sucks. Okay. Yeah, he, he got targeted. He took got a target eleven times. It's like half the pant or the twice as much as anybody else. 
Well, shit, I might have to change my prediction now. Um, <laughs> now nah, I'll stick with it. Um, I think the Panthers do match up well on defense against them, despite Aaron Rodgers having a bit of a resurgence over the last few weeks. Just, let's not count the Chargers game. Um, I think the Panthers are going to get after him a lot, and even though he is mobile, um, the Panthers' defensive secondary is 100% healthy now. So, Devontae Adams aside, I think they do match up well overall against the Packers there. So, I think it's going to end up being like a 13-10 to game where it's mm. mostly defense, and <laughs> that's that's my take, 13-10 to Panthers. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be funny when the Packers score like two touchdowns. I'm going to definitely uh, say something to you when the Packers score like two touchdowns oh, in the first it. two drives. Absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, Brian, there's seven minutes left in the first quarter, and the Packers have already outscored your prediction. Now, what yeah, would be really funny is if the game ends like 10 to 9 or some shit, and Brian ends up being right. We'll never hear the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, you never that's know. True. They did, they did only score 11 against the Chargers, whose defense is good, but not not <laughs> not sacking quarterbacks as often as the Panthers have been. So we'll see. I don't think anything that anybody does against the Chargers should ever, like, factor into anybody's equation, like, perspective, like, projection of a team. Like, they, they don't do anything that makes sense. That's true. That, that is 100% <laughs> true. They're always an outlier in, like, every every facet of the NFL. Yeah, like they beat the Colts and the Packers who are like sure bets for playoff teams at the, almost at this point. And then they lost to the Broncos and the Titans who are not good. Yeah. So, and they lost to the Steelers in back-to-back-to-back weeks. They lost to the Broncos, Steelers and Titans, all of whom are not good. And two of those games were at home. And they followed up by winning at Chicago and against the Packers, which is essentially a road game when you play Green Bay in that soccer stadium. Aren't the yeah? I was gonna say, aren't the Chargers playing against playing in L.A. where they're? It's not even really a home game for them when they play at home. No, so they're for one, they are playing in a soccer stadium that holds yeah. like thirty thousand people. Two, no one in L.A. cares about the Chargers, so no one in L.A. buys tickets to see the Chargers. So they're playing in road games pretty much every week because since it's a small stadium, like with fans to fill up the stadium, no matter who they're playing, especially when it's a team like the Packers. So yeah. Also, the NFL is talking about moving them to London because things are so bad in L.A. <laughs> the London Chargers. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, they already don't make any sense. Might as well put them in another continent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I get it that the Chargers aren't drawing in, in L.A., but moving a team to London is the dumbest thing the NFL could do. They are drawing, though. Like, it's unfair to them because their team – it sucks for their team. But I saw a thing – I read a thing on The Athletic today where they're like – I can't remember. They're like ninth or tenth or something. Like they're in the top half of the league in ticket revenue because they charge high prices because their stadium's so small. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they sell a lot of tickets. It's just for road. It's just for opposing teams' fans. <laughs> Aren't they supposed to be sharing the new stadium that the the Rams are moving into? Yes, but they're like I'm pretty sure they're like a Rams stadium that they let the Chargers borrow. Yikes. They're very much like the little brother team of Los Angeles. And to well, be quite honest, every team is like that in Los Angeles, unless it's the Dodgers or the Lakers. Yeah. Los Angeles doesn't care about anyone if it's not the Dodgers or the Lakers, and then arguably now the Clippers. Yeah. It, I think it's just the, the idea is there are enough people in Los Angeles that even if most of them don't care about it, your team, there will still be enough to come to your games. But that's a little tougher when there's two teams. And yeah. one of them already had an established fan base when they moved back there. And then you followed them the year after. So you didn't even get a foot. Like if the Chargers moved to LA and then the Rams moved back, they could at least establish some sort of like, you know, they could be like the Clippers of, of the NFL where like the new Los Angeles football fans that don't remember the Los Angeles Rams could be like Chargers fans. But yeah. they're like, now nah, we're going to, we're going to land the new fans and then come in after them. Yeah, they probably should have moved somewhere other than Los Angeles. St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis. That would have been funny. <laughs> St. Louis Chargers. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. Um. So you just yeah. make the lightning bolt in the shape of the St. Louis Arch. <laughs> yeah. 
That would be classic, actually. See the branding rights itself. Yeah. Just totally wouldn't get sued for that. Put L in the SD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we figured it out. Yeah, we figured out the branding. Hit us up, Chargers. A lot yeah, of Chargers talk for Panthers podcast that when the Panthers only play the Chargers this entire season. Well, Thomas, hey, Thomas Davis, Davis played it for him. <laughs> Thomas Davis does play for the Chargers. There's the connection. Yep. He's having a good season. So, yeah. Uh, anything else we want to touch on prior to uh, closing out this podcast for this week? How about the Chargers? Uh, I think we already touched on that a bit. I said I've talked enough about them. Oh. So I'm ready, I didn't hear that. ready to wrap it up. All right. Brad, what about you? Um, we're going to lose to a guy who was stupid enough to dump Olivia Munn. Oh, I have one more Ron Rivera take that I was proud of that I want to share on the podcast that Ron Rivera is the Kyle Allen of football coaches. <laughs> but then isn't Kyle Allen the Ron Rivera? Kyle Allen is the Ron Rivera of quarterbacks. But I thought, I thought the two we established them, that Kyle Allen yeah. is the Ron Rivera of quarterbacks. But they are kindred spirits in that they were put in a very good situation that was very, very difficult for them to mess up. And they've been given credit for the wins that have come about despite their best efforts at times. And yeah. And they are leaning heavily on a generational talent on offense. I think Brian, you said that. Yep. They are leaning heavily on a generational talent. They're going to run into the ground. Mm -hmm. And they taking and getting all the credit for it. Yep, and they're, the best part about Christian McCaffrey is you don't need to pay him is uh, you don't need to pay him a second contract if he ends up retiring prior to his first contract expiring. <laughs> so yeah, he's gonna have good business right there. Yeah, he's gonna have twenty five hundred touches by the end of his rookie contract. Yep, and he'll need he'll need a walker to get into the stadium so. <laughs> at age twenty six. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, from all of us here at the Keep Charging podcast, our newly rebranded <laughs> podcast name. Uh, no, this is the Keep Sounding podcast where we talked a lot about the Chargers. But this Chargers is Brian. fans, if you want to start a podcast, you have to call it Keep Charging because that is an <laughs> epic name for a podcast. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And we might even establish our own. I mean, we clearly all have a decent amount of knowledge about the Chargers. So that could be a little offshoot of the Keep Sounding podcast. But Anyway, this is Brian, joined by John and Brad, as always. And uh, enjoy your Sunday 4 o'clock Packers game, where hopefully the Panthers don't get killed like they did against the 49ers. Uh, this is the Kyle Allen show going forward, so let's see how much further he can produce and uh, see how much further he can... Um, oh, God, progress. There we go. That was the word I was looking for. Anyway, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, enjoy your Sunday, and we'll talk to you next week. Very succinct, Brian. See you. Thank you. Later. Thank you very much. Keeps the football. Takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff. And he scores. Avoided the Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown. Newton keeps. Lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal. Shuttle pass. McCaffrey. Touchdown. And off dive for Jonathan Stewart, and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keeping. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league.